launch right into this, St. Therese, my favorite, one of my favorite saints, she, she says, and I'll repeat this again, let us keep our eyes fixed on heaven, the one and only object of our labors. Jesus says heaven is so important that it'd be better to cut your hand off than to not make it there because your hand can lead you into sin. So in other words, he's not telling us to cut something out or off, but the importance of where we're at and where we're going and the importance of life. In the second reading, St. Paul says very clearly, he says, none of the rulers, remember this is 2,000 years ago, it sounds like today's news, doesn't it? None of the rulers of this age got it, who are passing away. He says, none of the rulers of this age who are passing away knew, or they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Speaking of the rulers of his age, the Roman rulers, the Jewish rulers, they didn't understand Christ's plan, and, but they're passing away. So the world, is, as troubled as it is, is a very temporary one. You know, if, if, thanks be to God, huh? I don't mind that it's temporary, but I want it to last a little longer because I'm not ready to go. <laughs> right? but, but Christ is telling us what lies right beyond the horizon, and it's a really interesting world. Um, he, this, this reading is situated in the, uh, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. We're headed toward the, the, our Father uh, a little later in this reading, and we've just heard the Beatitudes, which describe what heaven is like, which is very, very different than the values of this world. It takes a hard, it's hard to get a handle on, on those blesseds, you know. And so we come in, and he's talking about death, judgment, heaven, hell, purgatory. It's all right in this reading and under different names. But if we look carefully, we can see it all real clearly. And he's saying real, he's, he just says, uh, um, heaven and earth is going to pass away, but nothing I said is going to pass away until it all takes place. So, uh, I remember one, one near-death experience this person had written. They said that as they, as they approached the entrance, entrances to heaven, each one had a, the word of God written above it. I thought, wow, that's great. He said it was the only thing left that was still standing, the word of God, the thing nobody thinks is important, but it's actually of vital importance, whether God isn't around, and actually he's watching everything. So, and he says uh, there's going to be a hierarchy in heaven, well, there already is. We know that there are, uh, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas delineated the choirs of angels, uh, but we know that some of them fell out of, out of heaven when they, they were disobedient in their test at the beginning of time for them. We're not quite sure what that was, but we know that we're destined to take their places. And there's going to be a hierarchy. There's a place for each one of us. And it really depends on how well we conformed ourselves to the will of God in our present circumstances. Not doing showy things or big things or great things necessarily, but just doing God's will in the present moment. That's all he asks. But that, a lot of that has to do with what we do and teach, meaning the example I'm showing to others is either leading others to do what I'm doing, which is sinning, or to refrain to do good things by following our example. That's what Christ is talking about. We're going to be very surprised to see the influence we had on others and the difference you made in little circumstances that made a big difference going forward in people's lives. And that's all going to be seen. And so he's Lord just cautioning us to be careful because we are we are in a hiring interview right now. And the the place that we will be in meaning this is not a housing development, although one, uh, sometimes you think about which, which part of town you're going to be in. It's more like, how close to God will I be? How much will I understand of him for all eternity? 
and we're finding this out while we can't see him. But he goes on to say, uh, he gives us some things that are almost impossible to fulfill. You can't even say you fool without being liable to going to Gehenna or hell, the Valley of Gehenna. Um, but th he says that because he says, since I want to show you mercy, make sure you're showing mercy to others. And he says, forgive your brother while you're on your way to court or your sister. And so he uses this analogy of, of someone going on their way to, to court. And this, this is on several levels. On one level, we have somebody, we have our opponent. The opponent could be some sin we're wrestling with. Uh, it doesn't say we have to win this exactly, but we, we're struggling with this opponent. Could be somebody that we have trouble forgiving. So if it's forgiveness, I always like to review this, but it comes from St. Faustina's diary, it's been confirmed by the church, is there are, forgiveness is not a feeling, it doesn't mean we feel good about somebody or excuse what they did, or uh, have to be friends with them forever. Uh, it's World Marriage Day, you might be married to them, so you're stuck in that case, but, uh, but, but I, I always say that and it never goes over well. Um, anyway, uh, but we do have to pray for them, we have to treat them cordially if we see them at least, and we have to watch what we say about them to others. That's unforgiveness. Our mouth, our actions, and our prayers show forgiveness. And keeping quiet, you know. It's not really hard to, to grasp, but it's hard to grasp the fact that I may feel really terrible about somebody. I may not be in unforgiveness, but I may need a healing. So Christ says, if you don't do that, you're going to be in prison for the rest of your life. You know, somebody stuck a knife in my back, and I'll show you. I'm going to keep turning it for the rest of my life. I'll show you, you know, and they're happy you're turning it. Well, get your head off the knife. That's what Christ says. Get your head off the knife. Let's get busy healing. It drives your opponent crazy anyway. You know, you can't, you can't lose when you're following God's will in this situation. But he also is speaking on another level. We're on the way to court, and the opponent, in a sense, is God, or it's our life. Uh, we're, the Lord is, he calls himself a just judge. What he's going to do is simply open our life up to us so we see it for the first time in three dimension, from its beginning to its end on earth, and every, all the effects it had. And that's why it's going to be important that we ask forgiveness of God for the things that we uh, when we blew it, we were struggling, and, and he knows when we're trying. He, he, he rewards for effort, not necessarily for success, because we're human. He knows that we can't, we, we're not perfect. He's not expecting that, but he does expect us to say we're sorry. And for Catholics, you know, a deacon points out a couple weeks ago, one of his sermons is that the, uh, the confidior, or the I confess, or the Lord have mercy, confers forgiveness of venial sins when we're, we're truly sorry. We have, an act of contrition, uh, and if we have a, a grave sin, and many use confession for venial sins, we need to go there as Catholics to be washed clean. And in that way, Christ is our advocate before the Father. He is willing to take the whole burden on himself. He says, but if you get before me, and I present my life to you in the court, and you see you haven't settled with that opponent of yours, you still, you're still fighting with that person, and you expect me to be merciful to you, well, the frost is going to go way up. And the reason is because we will now see the full cost, the full effect of what we did. And it's going to be a lot harder to get over it. Right now we don't see the effect of what we're doing. And that's a grace because that allows us to 
uh, repent and also to show mercy on others. And this is what it's all about. Um, so if we then get to the, to the court and we haven't dealt with something, the Lord doesn't say we're going to hell. He says you're going to end up, he calls it prison, but we're imprisoned within what we did and we have to get we have to deal with the effects of it and to experience what other people have gone through because of what we did or, or these are the negative things. The positive things are gonna be great too to see all the wonderful benefits of just the little things that we did. That we're gonna be amazed that the smallest things had the greatest effects in life. We don't even know what they are yet, but we're gonna see this, this moment. And he says, he, but he, he warns us that if you don't deal with this now, uh, you are, going to be, you're, you're liable to be handed over to the, the judge may hand you over to the, let's see, who's he going to have? The, the guard, he'll throw you into prison, you won't get out till you've paid the last penny. That is not heaven. It's prison. It's not hell. Why is it not hell? You, you get out of there. That's not hell. You get out. We call that purgatory. It's, it's actually, it's a grace. It's something where people are working things out before they get in. It's kind of like a shower, you might say. We, everybody's in there voluntarily. They, you know, it's, 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 but we don't have to go there. It's just for people that didn't deal with these things while they were on earth. And Christ makes it very clear, right? Embedded between talking about hell, which comes next, heaven, which is what most of what he talks about here. And then he, then he goes on to say, you know, uh, if you have got a problem with your eyes, better to cut them out than than to keep your eyes and go to hell. And that's what, you know, some people say there's no hell, but Christ certainly believed in it. I once had a, I was on an airline trip. I can't remember what the deal was, but I had the worst jet lag and uh, I was up all night. So I, this just shows you how, how uh, bad I felt. I got out a little concordance and I had with me actually. And I looked up every reference to Christ to hell, what he said about hell. There were more of them than heaven. And I looked at that and I thought, he's a, being a good parent. He's just warning us, like, stay away from this because it's bad for you. It doesn't want anybody to go there. Didn't say how many are there, but he said, heaven is worth any sacrifice. It's worth everything. It lasts forever. We're not living in heaven now. If you think you are, look at the news. You know, this is not heaven, but we are going to a place that is much better. And uh, so our Lord tells us that the great... The, the, great, uh, the great stakes that are actually in place right now is so often, you know, it's true that we think life is about one thing when it's actually about something completely different. How many of you have had uh, either been in or been on a hiring committee or have been one, the one being hired? I've been in both situations. I've had a number of jobs, that's the one I always talk about. But, uh, you know, they... They claim to be asking questions about one thing, but they're actually looking for something completely different. We all know that. We have to guess what it is. And this is a lot of what's happening in this world. People think life's about one thing, but it's really about something altogether different. So much of it is human relationships, isn't it? That's where we live and die, is the people next door to us. And, and, and how we relate to Christ, who is also a person next door to us. We don't see him directly but he's in every one of us. We're all, we're all children of God, after all. And so our Lord is just making all these things clear. And there's so much more packed into this reading. But it's such a, in a way, it's a reading of great hope. Um, is that when we know 
the, although the rulers of this age don't, don't get it, they don't understand life at all, meaning the world, which has always been opposed to Christ. We, on the other hand, having heard this, this is the creator giving us the blueprint of our lives. And so we're very grateful to God as we follow what St. Therese said of us. We keep our eyes fixed not just on this world, but we keep our eyes fixed also on heaven, which is actually the one and only and true object of all of our labors. Amen.